You're listening to the Morphology Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Morphology Podcast, aka Murph here, to share interviews about biking experiences from cyclists who have pedaled to places all over the U.S. Each week we will get to know new people and explore new destinations to ride your bike. As you listen to these adventures, you may wonder, why haven't I done that yet? Well, on the show today, we have Mark Piani. Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Well, we're recording this in mid-May, and unfortunately, we still are dealing with uh, this pandemic and uh, not being able to ride out in groups, and I think every county and city and state has different guidelines right now. So what's going on where you are? I mean, the state guidelines around here are um, basically we're allowed to be, you know, outside exercising with appropriate social distancing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the official word like with masks and stuff is um, you're supposed to wear masks like if you go to the store or if you're in a place outdoors where you can't social distance. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and there have been some people doing group rides. I personally doing all my riding solo because I think that's the way to go right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the people that I've seen have been pretty responsible about, you know, doing what they what they think is appropriate social distancing for mm-hmm. for riding in groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the basic thing here is, is as long as you're outside and you feel like you can social distance, um, we're allowed to, you know, exercise. Mm-hmm. And I actually think it's a very good thing. I mean, I know. Um, you know, the whole kind of vibe has been, you know, this stay at home, stay at home order and stuff. Um, I don't think it's very good for people to just shelter in place and be in their houses all the time. I think it's actually good, mentally good for you to get outside. So yeah, and the perfect example, um, I'm somebody who usually goes outside and rides my bike, um, I'd say five to seven days a week. And the perfect example is if, you know, it's a rainy day or terrible weather and I stay inside, I can tell, <laughs> I can tell when my mood changes and I'm like, you know what I'm missing? I'm missing getting out and getting some exercise. So I'm just assuming people who are taking that social distancing maybe a little bit too literal and they're staying in their house like, oh gosh, I hope they at least open their windows and get some fresh air. Yeah, I agree. Well, you mentioned, um, you know, what it's like where you live. Um, Maybe give us a little bit more details about where you live and what cycling, maybe what it was like before this pandemic as far as the culture. Sure. I live uh, in a suburb suburb of Chicago called Berwyn. People who are familiar with Chicago Oak Park, a lot of people know where that is. Um, It's the suburb immediately south of Oak Park. Okay. So we're... About 11 miles west of downtown, so we're kind of the first suburb west of the city of Chicago. They've actually, there's been, you know, they closed, one of the major attractions in the city, at least, is to ride the lakeshore. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was one of the places that they closed, the mayor of Chicago closed, uh, so you you can't ride the lakefront. You know, I think it's hard around here because especially a lot of the trails, you know, it's a a densely populated area Mm -hmm. where people want to get outside that's one of the places that they go. I think they were having a lot of problems with people not being able to social distance, um, being being on the lakeshore. And there's another big trail. It's called the 606 uh, that kind of runs east to east to west. You know, same deal. They had to they had to close that down to, mm. because people you know couldn't couldn't social distance. Out further out towards me, there are a bunch of trails that are Cook County Forest Reserve trails. You know, Cook County is the county that Chicago is in. 
they're open for now. However, they have said, you know, that if they see there being a problem, they may close them. They've limited like parking in in certain parts of the of the forest preserve, so certain picnic areas and stuff are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're doing what they can to kind of limit traffic, you know. But it's tricky because a lot of them butt up against uh, residential areas, so so they do get very crowded. So I've actually been doing most of my riding on the road. Mm-hmm. And you now know. now is the good time to do that because there are less cars, at least in my area. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I know for me, I mean kind of like you i ride you know pretty much every day um and it's actually been the silver lining i guess it's it's actually been really good i've been putting out a ton of miles so um <laughs> i get out every single day and you, know, you can put on big miles because there's like you said the traffic is pretty light mm-hmm. you know so you can go and do your thing and and truthfully you know sometimes when you're sticking the trails it kind of limits you a little bit in the you know in the amount of mileage that you can do you know, because you got to try to string it all. Like, at least around here, none of the trails are more than you know maybe ten miles long. Oh, okay. You know, so you got to you got to string together multiple little pieces of trail to to be able to try to uh, get a long a long distance. Well, speaking of long distance, you mentioned that you're you know getting a lot more miles than uh, maybe if it was not in a pandemic environment. But I read somewhere that you're on a quest to pedal ten thousand miles. Yeah, you know, I, I um, you know, every year I've been putting on a little bit more miles, and there's a training app that some people use um, called Strava. They can, you can set kind of a yearly goal, and it will tell you in that if you're ahead or behind what your goal was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I set my goal at, at 8,000, because that's what I did last year. I kept seeing that my, like, I was way ahead of my pace to complete that goal. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder... I wonder what would happen if I, because, you know, the, you hear about people doing 10,000 miles mm-hmm. a year, which seems crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I just out of curiosity, I bumped it, you know, the, my goal to 10,000 and I was still a little bit ahead of pace. And I was like, wow. you know what, I bet I could do this. Like, I bet that I can that I can get to 10,000 miles. So, but give it, give it, a, you know, give it a try. I, um, I ride year round um, outdoors. You know, in the wintertime here, you know, in Chicago, in the Midwest in general, you know, rides in the winter generally tend to need to, need to be shorter. Right. Um, you know, because the conditions are just not awesome to be outside for a long time on a bike. But, yeah, I mean, I, I ride, you know, pretty consistently every day, you know, year round unless it's uh, in the winter super windy or, or sloppy with snow or mm-hmm. whatever. And I've had uh, people say this several times, but basically, you know, winter riding is more about the gear you wear, the clothing you wear, rather than the temperature outside. You know, you can kind of adapt to almost anything. Would you say that's the case for you? Like you have some good Yeah, I think gear? that's absolutely true. I mean, I, I, um, I've done a bunch of camping, backpacking, hmm. you know, and that's kind of like the, the thing. It's like there's as long as you have the, your, the right gear with you. You'll, you'll be fine mm-hmm. the big thing for me like i was saying with the with the wind is i don't like i'll put it this way a friend of mine said to me one time it was it was kind of a nasty day outside and he was he was wearing ski goggles and he said to me i, I don't i don't ever do that and he said he said to me he's like well hey man you got you need to get some ski goggles and i just looked at him and i said if i need to buy ski goggles i'm going skiing <laughs> <laughs> you know so that's kind of my thing like if i have to cover every single inch of skin and wear ski goggles and stuff like that <laughs> there there are other sports that i maybe would should be doing instead 
<laughs> That's funny. And I do own ski goggles and I've only worn them a couple of times because I feel silly. But and like you mentioned, you know, when it gets like uh, for me, it's below 20 degrees, especially if the wind kicks up that I'm like, do I really need to go on a bike ride today? <laughs> well, the wind is I mean, the wind is for at least for me, the wind is really the limiting factor. I mm-hmm. mean, if it's like you said, I mean, if it's 20, but it's calm outside. There's no problem. Yeah. If it's 30 and the wind is really gusting in your face, you know, it, it, it's it's miserable. It's not fun. You know, your eyes are watering. You're, you, you know, and then it starts to get to that thing like, like, am I here to suffer or am I here to enjoy what I'm doing? Right. Like, you know. <laughs> right. Unless you, unless it'll turn into a really good story, it's not worth suffering. <laughs> Well, and it does sometimes turn into a good story. I have a, I have a great picture before all of this. I had uh, went on a group ride, four of us, and there was a ton of snow on the ground, but it was, you know, not too cold. So we, we stopped somewhere to grab a snack or whatever, and we're like, we should take pictures of our bikes, you know, for putting a picture on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. We couldn't find a good place to lean them up, and we're like, we don't need to find a good place to lean them up. There's a big snow drift. We'll just stick them all in the snow drift. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so there's a picture of all of our bikes just, like, standing up, shoved in the snow drift. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad I don't live in a place that snows year round. I don't know if such a place exists as far as cycling, but um, you know, and it's my own fault. I live in Iowa, just like you live in the Midwest, where uh, we've got four seasons. You know, sometimes they come and go at random times, but it's always nice to know that a, the summer's coming. No, for sure. Well, in, in the Midwest, to me, springs in the Midwest are like nowhere else. We just have months and months and months of gray. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're just like that. It seems like in a day where just like everything starts to get bl- to bloom and yeah. turn green. And, you know, and on, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Season change. Will you, okay, so we mentioned you have a quest to pedal 10,000 miles this year, and you are ahead of schedule, as you mentioned. So how did you come up with 8,000 last year? Like, that's more than most people will get on their bicycle. So uh, give us a little bit of information about how that came to be. Yeah, so... um you know, so basically three years ago, I got back into cycling after being kind of off a bike for a while mm-hmm. and had set the goal to do, I think, 5,000 miles. Ended up coming out at about at about about six. Wow. Then I had the idea that I was going to, for the following year, um, I was going to try to do 10,000 kilometers, you know, which is about 6,250 miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I can totally do that that's pretty much what i did last year but then again you know as i started going i was like hey i'm I'm at a pace i'm gonna keep going you know and and part of the fun thing about that i have a pretty good group of people that i ride with around here you know and so that so it's kind of i don't want to say easy but it's easier to put on the miles Mm -hmm. you know when when you have you know people are always calling you up like hey man you want to go for a ride Mm -hmm. you know sure let's go for a ride and uh so so i ended up just from being on a bike a lot i ended up at about eight thousand. um and then and then like i told you this year you know that it just it just happened, you know, it just, it just sure. looked like I was going to be able to do 10,000. The added challenge though, this year, this pandemic stuff, this stay at home stuff is for the last, you know, whatever, two and a half months, two months, I've been doing all the miles solo. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I mean, there's, I mean, people need to do what they think is safe. I, I'm, a, I'm actually, um, 
I have multiple sclerosis myself, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm technically in a risk risk group. Um, and so, you know, partially the solo riding is is a, a self preservation thing and a, an attempt to not get sick myself. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to protect myself. You know, so I've been doing you know all the all the miles in the last couple of months, and I've been putting on about a thousand miles a month um, wow. for, the, for the past couple of months. So. A quick interruption to tell you this week's sponsor is Thirsty Pigs, a full-service mobile event company offering beer, wine, spirits, plus catering for any indoor or outdoor event. With no events happening these days, you can still support Thirsty Pigs by buying their apparel. Find out more at thirstypigs.com. Now back to the show. So can you imagine if, I shouldn't say if, when we get to a point where we all feel comfortable group riding again, your miles are going to explode, I would guess. I hope so. I mean, I, I, you know, and truthfully, I mean, as much as I really enjoy riding solo too, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's kind of a nice time to, it's it's like meditation to me, Mm -hmm. you know, just be on your bike and, you know, time just time just disappears you know you leave you get home whatever two and a half hours later three hours later and you, you kind of feel like zero time has passed mm-hmm. um however i mean the other part of it is that i i do miss you know i do miss riding with with um, my riding you know friends and stuff i mean there's there's a fun there's a fun camaraderie to mm-hmm. um you know to to group riding and you know i had mentioned that that i have that i have ms and you know i know this was a question that we were talking about getting into but mm-hmm. you know the the every year i do the ms 150 the mm, yeah um, the fundraising ride the one the one that i was reg- registered for this year has been postponed mm-hmm. it was supposed to be uh, the last weekend in june you know it's the same kind of thing i mean part of the really special thing about those events is is the camaraderie is the you know, and so they're they're moving stuff until later in the summer. People can transfer to to do rides, um, other rides in the area later in the summer. So mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully uh, it'll be safe to do that. Yeah, you know, the longer we go into this, and the more events that get canceled or postponed, like I feel like my fall may be jam packed with <laughs> events going on. <laughs> I was just ta- I was just talking about that with a friend yesterday because um, I had registered for I don't know if you know there's a gravel race in Michigan that's called the Barry Roubaix. Okay. Uh, I think it's sponsored by Founders Brewery, but it's a big it's a big gravel race off-road gravel race and um this is the first year that i was going to do it it was just, it's actually a race and the one uh, the one that i had registered for was a 62 mile there's a 162 and like a 35 or something mm-hmm. um but yeah that was supposed to be in april and that got moved till october and i know there's another one that's a big popular one it's called the coast to coast which is also in michigan where you go from basically from detroit to to lake michigan mm-hmm. Um, across the state and that one's also postponed until until october um all these are um so it's gonna be a busy fall like you said yeah yeah, i hope gosh i hope we're not still talking about this extreme of you know social distancing and well and i think you know it's it's to me there's two different climates when you're talking about um you know competitive events you know there's there's definitely a level of caution that has to be followed sure it's different, I think, when you're talking about like a charity event, and especially a charity event like like the MS150, where there's a whole lot of people who are involved in that, who are in a risk group, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'm sure there's an added part of kind of stress on the part of the organizers to be like, you know, we, we have a whole bunch of people here 
that can't be around this. Right, you know, that right. That can't be exposed, this, exposed to this, and it could be, you know, serious. Right. Um, do you want to get into a little bit about um, the MS-150? I think it was called Tour de Farms, if I read it right, um, yep. that you were or are training for. And maybe just get into a little bit about MS for you and what this ride means. Yeah, so I'll try to make the long story short. Okay. <laughs> um, so so when I, I graduated from, from college in 1996, and when I first graduated from college, you know, me and some buddies got really into cycling. That was kind of when I first got into cycling. And there was a local bike shop who they used to put out a, a list every year of kind of local centuries and, and rides and stuff. And, and uh, you know, we did some of those. We did some, some great ones. We did uh, Sagbra, which is uh, a week-long ride down the lakeshore in Wisconsin. Mm. Um, that, that was super fun. You know, we did, you know, a bunch of centuries in the area. And the MS-150, which is a two-day ride, had kind of always been on our radar as something that we wanted to do mm-hmm. just as a, as, a, as a fun physical challenge. You know, and so it was, it was kind of on the list. And then I actually had to stop cycling. I had a health condition. I had a brain tumor, actually. Mm. That uh, it was it was a big deal. You know, the short story of that was was that after the after the surgery, the tumor itself was growing on my vestibular nerve, um, which is part of the nerve that helps you deal with balance. Okay. Um, uh, It was the one on the right side, you know. And so when I came out of surgery, like I didn't even have the balance to walk. Ah. Um. So let alone ride a bike. So I kind of had to give up cycling for a long time. I mean, it's not. It wasn't a. It, it was definitely stressful. But I also life was changing. You know, mm-hmm. I was having. I had kids. I you know all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have as much time to be on a bike either. You know. But as my kids got bigger, I I wanted to get back into cycling. Mm-hmm. About seven years after the surgery, I had a, a skin disturbance. I had like kind of numbness on one side of my body. The neurosurgeon had me go and do an, another MRI. They found some evidence of, of MS and they sent me to a, to a neurologist. You know, and, and without going into it, there's a very long and drawn out and complicated process to actually getting a diagnosis of MS itself. Oh, okay. it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty extensive. Um, but I was finally diagnosed with MS. Actually, because of that, I started getting really into yoga. Because um, there's a there's a bunch of evidence that that it, yoga is good for dealing with MS symptoms, mm-hmm. you know specifically like the physical symptoms like muscle you, know, you can get like muscle stiffness basically kind of like muscle cramps and uh, so so yoga is supposed to help a lot with that. The kind of by- byproduct of that though for me was that it also really really helped with my balance. Oh sure. You know because of because of that I started feeling confident to you know to try getting back on a bike. And so I did. That was, like I said, that was three years ago. It felt great. You know, obviously, at that point, like, I had no conditioning to ride a bike. But so that was, um, I guess, four years ago in, in September. So I ended up riding and riding and riding and riding. The following year, like I said, I did 6,000 miles, and I decided that I was going to do um, my first MS-150 um, because now, you know, for me, it had like the meaning of that ride had changed, Sure. you know, from being just like a fun physical challenge to like, this is a way that I can raise money for a cause. And it's a way that I can also, for me, kind of prove to myself, not prove to myself, that's probably not the right word, but, you know, uh, that I can challenge myself 
you know, to not feel like I'm like, I have a mess. Now I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, no, like like, now I have a mess and (laughs) damn it. I'm going to do this. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, what an amazing story. I mean, you should be, I don't know. It's an, it's amazing Mark that you have, you know, where you've come from as far as having a brain tumor and having to relearn probably a lot of things, both physically and mentally, then having MS come into your life, and then to say, it doesn't matter, I'm still going to get on my bike, and you have gone from zero miles for how many years to shooting for 10,000. It's, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, for, for me, it's, it's, it, it also really, it's also, it also really helps me, you know, kind of like we were talking about, it helps you mentally, it gives you a time to mm-hmm. just kind of calm your mind and, and, just kind of be and I think that that's a you know that's a really important thing I mean I've always been a healthy person I played sports when I was in high school and you know all that kind of stuff but you know fitness has been kind of a has become a little bit more of a just like general fitness has become a little bit more of a passion of mine you mm-hmm. know? so like I said I do yoga and I cycle I I lift weights I you know there's there's things that I I like that I try to run I don't like to run um <laughs> <laughs> I've always I've always had in my head that I wanted to try to do a triathlon one day, but it's the running part that I just uh, I can't I don't enjoy running. But. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I I actually trained and did a marathon, and I still shake my head every time I think about why I went through all of that training. <laughs> well, that's I mean it's a fantastic uh, fantastic goal. Yeah, yeah. There, well, to, and and now it's. One and done. So I would much prefer to be on a bicycle. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I have a I have a few friends that are marathoners, and you know they describe I don't know, they describe their mental state when they run much in the way that I describe my mental state when I ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't get there with running. I can't get past feeling like I'm thumping along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much truth to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> A quick interruption to tell you this week's podcast is sponsored by Lizard Lips Lip Balm. These great lip balms contain natural ingredients, come in a variety of flavors, and you can choose certified organic or balms with sun protection. Check it out at lizardlips.net. Now back to the show. Back to cycling, people always ask me to ask people that I interview what kind of bikes they ride. So do you have a few bikes or maybe just one? Yeah, I have probably more bikes than Right. <laughs> I should have. Um, well, I actually have, you know, like the road bike that I had from before. Let me back up. So I kind of started getting into cycling as a mountain biker. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, I have a, I have the mountain bike that I had from when I first started getting into cycling, and it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's not nothing fancy. It's a, it's a Raleigh hardtail mountain bike, you know, front suspension, mm-hmm. and I still ride trail sometimes on that. Um, and then I have the road bike that I had from, you know, from when I first started riding too, which is also a Raleigh road bike. That was the one that I did like the tour in Wisconsin on and stuff. Oh, sure. After, you know, I didn't ride for it was 15 years. I didn't ride. You know, when I started getting back into riding, start to notice that like technology has changed. Mm. You know, it's like the the thing the thing called a gravel bike had not even been invented when I first got right, into cycling. Right. You know, <laughs> um, and so that was actually the the first bike that I kind of bought after that was a was a was a gravel bike, a salsa journeyman gravel bike, Ooh, yes. which is super fun. I mean, I you know one of the kind of fun things about that is since it's kind of a go anywhere bike, Mm -hmm. 
you can like leave the house with no plan, you know, and be like riding along. I was like, Hey, I wonder where that road goes. Or I wonder where that gravel path goes. Or Mm -hmm. I wonder where that dirt path goes. Just, you know, just do your thing and kind of enjoy that. And then this year I bought a a road bike, a Cannondale CAD 13, the new one that they just came out with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the one that I've been doing all my, my road riding on. So yes, I have too many bikes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I never ever would ever say that, that I have too many bikes, <laughs> but I probably do. I don't know. Yeah. So you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit about a typical ride, but are you mostly you know the gravel bikes more for the fun, and then you're when you go out every day, you're probably saddling up on your road bike. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, like the, like I said, I just got back into cycling a few years ago after being off bike for a long time. And I was truthfully, when I first started getting back into it, kind of nervous about riding trail because it really, mountain bike riding takes a lot of balance and physical Mm -hmm. agility and and stuff to to manage that. Um, So I was kind of nervous to do it. So I, when I came back to riding, I was doing 100% 100% road riding. Mm-hmm. Within the last like year, year and a half, I've I've been getting more into into trail riding, you know, because I'm feeling more confident about it. But yeah, my most most days when if I go down to the basement and you know where, where I keep my bikes and I'm you know like what you know I, I sort of instinctually grab my road bike. Right. You know that's that's the the one that that's my go to. Sure. Um, any adventures that you have been on in the past that you want to share? I was just thinking about this um, earlier. I think the one of the I don't know the funnest things I think that I've done. We this was year, years ago, many years ago. We went to Winter Park in Colorado, mm-hmm. and with our with our mountain bikes. Uh, and this was in the summer, and you have there's like hooks on the back of the chairs. Oh, like know, the you, ski chairlifts. Yeah, and oh, you just okay. you just you just hook your cha- your bike on the chairlift and you ride the chairlift up to the top and then ride your bike down the mountain. It was it was insanely fun. Wow. Um, I I remember I have some friends who live in in Denver, and I remember thinking like because I had been riding a bunch at that point in time, that I was going to be like in such great shape, you know. And they were they rode, but they were not as serious about it as I was. They were great. I was dying because the, alti- <laughs> the altitude difference, the yeah, elevation yeah. difference. Because <laughs> I think the top of Winter Park is like 15,000 feet or something like that. Chicago is 500 feet. Right. You know, so I was just absolutely dying. But it was so much fun. And at Winter Park, they have a trail that basically like meanders down the mountain. So it's not like pointing yourself straight down the mountain and, and going going crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. you just like meander down this trail that comes down the whole mountain and I'm not sure that you pedal once the whole time because oh, wow. of, of gravity, but it was, it's, it's, and it's all wooded and everything and all down the mountain. Super fun. Mm-hmm. Super fun. And I'm assuming that still exists. It does. It yeah. does. And we did, I did one where we did um, a mountain biking trip also that was uh, in the foothills of the mountains outside of Boise, uh, Idaho. Oh, okay. Um, and that's also a really fun one because it's it's uh, there. It's different because it's it's all like sagebrush desert, so it's it's very low. And I actually, when the time that I went biking out there, there had just been a range fire, um, and so it was like seriously like you felt like you were in like a Mad Max movie or something like that because it's just like <laughs> like burnt, you know, grass yeah. and stuff. 
all around you and you're riding down this trail and i'm absolutely not kidding at all there was a a steer skull you know like you see in a cowboy movie oh, or gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was on the side of the trail and <laughs> it was super fun <laughs> wow <laughs> Well, when you're not biking, and I'm assuming that there are hours in the day when you're not biking, uh, <laughs> where can you be found as far as, you know, other outdoor sports or working or advocating or? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, um, I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm not riding a bike, I'm either, either uh, playing, composing, or teaching music. Oh, nice. That's, you know, it's been obviously a little slow right now. Yeah. Um, you know, because we're our industry is is relies a little bit on uh, you know on being able to congregate you know live performances mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I guess part of the reason why I've been able to put on so many miles on the bike is right is we've been on uh, a little bit of a hiatus from you know live performances. But mm-hmm. have you taken a stab at doing performances via like Zoom meetings yet? I I've not. You know, I I play jazz. Oh okay. Um, jazz is a tricky tricky one because there there are you know, a lot of times these videos that you see of bands that are kind of edited together, you know, and it's hard to, it's really hard to, to improvise, you know, in, in that kind of media because there's, there's, with Zoom, there's a, there's delay. Yes. So there's, there's that, um, it's, it, it's just a different, it works, I think, better for like pop formats, you know, where, where you have like a song mm-hmm. that you've practiced in a certain way, um, and you're, you're, you know, reproducing that. I think it's a little bit different in jazz where you're, you know, where you're improvising stuff. It just doesn't work as well over Zoom, at least in my experience. Right. Well, and, you know, your audience is missing out on the obvious, you know, the smells of whatever place they're at and the other background noises and being able to like look around at more than just a computer screen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at least, and and as a performer, you, 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 uh, you draw off the energy of the people that are listening to you. Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't even think about that, but that's for sure true. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to your 10,000-mile goal. I'm just so, like, I'm excited for you. I hope that you make it. Or actually, I don't hope. I know you will. You'll make it. I can already tell. <laughs> um, any advice you'd give to somebody who, you know, maybe needs a push to say, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be 10,000, but I need to get more miles and I just don't quite know how to do it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you you just, I think somebody said to me once, a friend of mine who who was actually a racer, he's like, you know, you just need to think of a goal as like, it's that's a whole bunch of 25 mile rides. Oh, yeah. You know, and so if you, you know, for me, you know, I'm not, not, I don't think in my head, I have to get to 10,000. I try not to obsess about about the goal. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, get up in the morning and you know, I like to ride in the morning and I get up in the morning and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go for a bike ride for a couple hours. And, and the truth is like, if you, if you, you know, if you do the math, it's a little less than 200 miles a week, you know, which is 30 miles a day, mm. you know? And so, and so if, if you think about just like going on, on your bike for a couple hours, you know, is this kind of part of your routine, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll get, you'll get to 10,000. And for most people, uh, like you mentioned, the shorter rides, you know, 25 miles or 30 miles, that is a lot more <laughs> to stomach than going out on a century ride every day. It is, you know, and I think just in general, at least for myself, I try not to get with anything that I do. I try not to get obsessed about the goal. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to try to think kind of more about the process 
I just think that by default, I enjoy riding the bike. I get on the bike every, you know, for whatever, 30, 40 miles every day, 10,000 will be the end result. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the feeling better mentally and physically after a bike ride is something that I definitely enjoy about every ride that I'm on. Yeah. And I I think that, you know, whether cycling or not is is your, your sport of choice or not, your exercise of choice or not. I mean, there's tons of you know, psychological evidence that, you know, those endorphins are great for trying to, trying to deal with, you know, feelings of depression or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a time like now, you know, where, where we're all feeling, um, you know, not 100% mentally right. um, because of, because of things that are going on in our world. You know, I think it's, it's a good thing, at least that I know that I can do for myself mm-hmm. to, you know, to feel better. Um, and I'm just so excited for you knowing you know, your past a little bit and knowing that four years ago, you probably weren't thinking about a bicycle ride like you do today. No, it's true. Yeah, that's just great. Fundraising for that MS-150, you know, like I said, I'm what I'm planning on is, is riding 150 miles the weekend that the ride was supposed to be. Oh, sure. But then they're also, you know, one of the really pretty wonderful things that uh, Bike MS people have made possible is that you can transfer your registration to other site or to other rides in the area okay you know and so if you know if it turns out that fall rides are happening you can go and you can ride there's one near indianapolis indianapolis there's one near uh st louis there's one in milwaukee you know so some other rides kind of in the not too far away area um you know from chicago that you could do Mm -hmm. so you can find um out how to support the ms150 in the show notes and specifically for mark's account as well well mark thank you so much for being on the podcast it was really nice to get to know you and i'm looking forward to seeing something on social media that says yep i did it i did ten thousand miles (laughs) this year (laughs) oh thank you Well, thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much, Mark, for sharing your story. You can donate to Mark's MS fundraising page by using the link in the show notes. If you have a topic or the name of a cyclist you find interesting, email me at morphologypodcast at gmail.com. Of course, you can go to Morphology Podcast to find good info, and I recently launched a YouTube channel. So if you want to see videos of the places I bike, check that out. I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Walt Disney. All our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. Think about it. <laughs>